0: Thank you for listening to the following film's podcast. Today, I'm joined by Adam Saunders, writer, director, and star of the new film, Dottie and Soul. Hotshot entrepreneur Ethan Cox appears poised to sell his self-driving car company and make his investors filthy rich. But when his problematic Halloween costume gets tweeted, the ensuing social media firestorm nearly ends Ethan's career. Desperate to figure out a way forward, Ethan hatches a plan he will hire a 71-year-old snack cart vendor, Dottie, to pose as his company's figurehead, with Ethan still managing from behind the wings. But when Dottie decides to no longer play the straw man and starts expressing opinions of her own, everything changes. Big thanks to Bookmans for sponsoring this episode, and thanks to Fort Worth for letting us use their song at the end. If you'd like to connect with the show, the best place to find us online is at followingfilms.com or on Twitter by following at Following Films please leave us a review and follow the show on Spotify. It really does help. You can also support the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash following films slash support. Dotty and soul will be available on digital and on demand May 19th. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks.
1: Okay. I'll let you guys take about 15 minutes.
0: Perfect. Hey, Adam, how are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday to do this. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course. Thank you for taking the time.
0: Well, I got to say, um, the movie was different than i expected it to be in a good way um because i kind of thought you were playing with the brewster's millions kind of idea here something in that and i grew up loving that loving trading places when i when i was a kid um but you did something that had a bigger heart than those movies i think in a lot of ways and you did something that even your character specifically in this film that when you first meet this character you wonder how much growth could there possibly be here from this guy right um, where where even if it's the my most minor growth here this is such a um insane character that it would feel like a lot so um congratulations on the film i had a great time with i just wonder if you could talk a little bit about um where this idea um the kind of rags to riches set in the world of you know these kind of insane 30 year old billionaires comes from
1: yeah well first of all thank you thank you for for all of that i'm so glad that the movie resonated with you um, you know, those were my favorite movies growing up. I mean, I loved Trading Places. I loved Brewster's Millions. I loved, I loved those films. Um, and I think, you know, in their time, I think they were they were making very important points. And I think they were doing yeah. them, you know, a, a, in the world that they lived in. Um, and obviously those movies and, you know, certainly Trading Places is broader than um, the sort of tone that I was going for in Dottie and Soul. But I think the idea of using comedy to talk about, real issues is something that really um really speaks to me and um you know, where this idea came from, I think largely I wanted to tell a movie in that in that old sort of tone, you know, that movie that could attract you know in a world that's becoming more and more politicized it's becoming more and more polarized, a world that we can talk about a movie that we could talk about really serious things, but in a way that maybe everybody might enjoy watching it so that was kind of the idea and then, the specifics of the themes of this movie, I you know, that was a very personal thing for me, is that I was feeling a little bit in my own life like I was, um, I was like, I wanted to live a more authentic life. I felt like I was kind of uh, playing a role in terms of the work that I was doing, and and I was kind of like doing the razzle dazzle, like da 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 da, and not getting to be the real me. And so it was about stripping that down, and so. If you want to have a character that has to strip that down in that 80s, 90s tone, I had to make him super exaggerated at the top in his clothes and his everything. You know, he's it's hard to watch that those first few minutes, I have to say, even for me, I've seen it a million times. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah,
0: well, it's there's something here that I think if you pushed it even one degree further. With this character you just wouldn't be on board with him, and you have to actually pull for this guy and root for this guy for it to work you have to allow this character to have growth and you know the, he it's pretty damn close to being irredeemable in the beginning of this film where you're just like I have yes to to spend an hour and a half with this guy oh like, my
1: gosh i know
0: but it does work though and you do come around pretty quickly because most people that i've met in life that are even one-tenth of this, it's masking insecurity, which I think this character has a great deal of, despite all the success in the world, but there's just huge doubt that this man has in himself.
1: Well, I think that's right. And, you know, one of the things, you know, and and we talked about it a lot with our team, you know, is in those eighties, nineties movies, those were all set to be screened in theaters. That's how Mm -hmm. they were designed. And so, you know, you had the audience captive, you knew that they would stay on the journey in our world now where these movies are, you know, and our movie's going to come out on digital, like, You know, the worry is that people are watching the first three, four minutes, then they go, oh, my gosh, I can't spend an hour and a half and they switch the channel. But hopefully if they, you know, they listen to this podcast and they stay with it, you know, we are trying to set them up for a place to go. But but yeah, I I think that's right.
0: Well, I don't. To me, likability isn't necessarily a prerequisite for enjoying a film. I can watch a film for somebody that I actively dislike and still be, they can be compelling. I think that's far more important. And right away, this guy is compelling. It's just, he feels like a character to some degree, like from Parks and Rec, than something that's really grounded in reality. But then as you slowly eke into it, the humanity comes out of this guy. And I, I think it's just a wonderful thing. But I think that really does come a great deal to the interplay that you have here in your casting in this. Can you talk a little bit about uh, casting as folks? You have a stacked cast here, man.
1: It's an amazing cast. You know, we have, I think the greatest casting director in the world and Mary Bernou. Um, She's you know, has become a friend. This is, and I'm working on another thing with her now the third movie that I've done with her, but you know, she um, not only is, does she have access to all of the, you know, all of the talent in, in Hollywood. She's also very intentional and specific about who she's bringing in for me to see. She knows the script. She understands the story. She understands actors so, so well. And so every kind of, I feel like it was almost like an embarrassment of riches every time, especially for my first movie, every time I was, you know, given uh, choices for roles, I was like, oh my gosh, each of these people, you know, have bring so much to the table. But really, you know, specifically in the role of Dottie, I felt like um, we had a very it needed – there was a very, very few people I think that really could have made this movie um, what it was. And and Leslie was, you know, the top of the list. Um, and, you know, when we got – when Mary got the script to Leslie and I heard that she wanted to meet, I was like, oh, yeah, this movie this movie's going to work, you know. Yeah. Um, and then we sat down. She invited – I had like a two-minute conversation with her over the phone. And she said, well, why don't we meet in person? Um, and so I went to her uh, apartment in New York, and we had this amazing – a one-on-one meeting for you know hours and it was like you know we really had a vibe which was great
0: which is really important because if you cast that role wrong the movie doesn't yeah. work you it doesn't really work. does fall on her shoulders in a lot yeah. of ways because totally you, you know somebody like Keckner, he's going very he can go as broad as he wants to in this thing yeah um and Walsh, she's can the guy can't do any wrong in my opinion that's right. just one of those people but really if you don't have dotty and if you don't have this right it's just, it will not work so well
1: yeah. i think that's right and you know i think the interesting thing about the dotty character is that like you have to believe two things which i think are very difficult to find in an actor you have to find somebody that you would believe um has been living this life you know pushing this cart for 25 years or or, or whatever longer um uh 50 years um and simultaneously that everybody that sees them Knows that this is the wrong profession for them. You know, yeah. they always say, "Oh, yeah, you you, know, you missed your calling. You really missed your calling." You know, everybody says that. Like they have this sort of internal. I say Leslie has this sort of internal. Um, it's like a, it's almost like a thing that you see in royalty. Like sure. she has this 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 just quality about her. It's you you can say star quality, but that almost that almost undersells it because she's 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 like a she's like a queen. She really is. She just has this way about her that's just it's regal, you know? Um, yeah. That, that makes yeah. sense.
0: Cause there's a confidence that she has, that she brings to this. That's it's not arrogance. It's just, yes, it's I, not it's, I absolutely belong here at this table yes. right now. There's yes. nobody that can make me doubt that I fully belong here. And here's why I belong here. I'm going to show you exactly why I belong here. And when you it. have that juxtaposed to somebody who had every advantage in the world at this young age, somebody who probably doesn't deserve to be there in this, in the way they were, they had an idea and a lot of people came in and kind of ran with that idea and that, and that yeah. does happen. So, I mean, most of us struggle with imposter syndrome to some degree. And yeah, Dottie I is think that's, the opposite. The
1: Opposite. And I, yeah. I think, I think that's right. And Ethan does struggle with it. And I think the thing about that Ethan learns from Dottie is, he learns to trust himself. That's yeah. the problem is that he he did create this company. He right. does have a right to be at the table, but he doesn't believe it. And because he doesn't believe it, he's doing all this stuff that now makes everybody say, maybe you shouldn't be here, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? And so she teaches him to believe in himself and he teaches her, hey, I know you believe in yourself, but you're acting alone and there's only so much you can do alone. You know, you have to, I know you've been burned. I know the world has been bad to you. But you can still, there is still people out there.
0: Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So the last time I went into Bookman's, I went straight over to the Blu-ray section, specifically to the 4K Blu-ray section. And within just a few seconds, I came across one of my favorite films of all time, uh, Real Genius. Now, Real Genius is one of those movies that I purchased on Blu-ray, DVD, Laserdisc, and VHS. It's probably the comedy that I've owned more than any other comedy I think the only other films that I've owned on more formats or more copies of are probably Alien and Terminator 2. Um, So yeah, it's it's definitely up there. It's one of my favorite films. I saw it for the first time when I was in third grade, and it's one of those movies I go back to once every couple years, maybe once a year, and I always find something new in it. It's one of those films that's grown with me, or it's stayed the same, but I've grown with the film, and I just pick up on new things every time. I I sit down to watch it and I think that has a lot to do with Martha Coolidge she's the director of the film and she managed to make this really smart film um, in a time when most comedies were very broad especially college comedies um, they were, for lack of a better word they were pretty stupid a lot of these films and some of these films I do really love but Real Genius is just, it's not that it's not, it, it has broad humor in it but it also has something to say, and it has something to say about the college experience, about what it means to grow up and coming of age. And it's just an incredible little film, it has a ton of heart in it. And if you haven't seen it, it's one of my favorite Val Kilmer performances as well. So definitely recommend checking out Real Genius if you haven't seen it before I'd also recommend going to bookman's if you've never been there before there's six locations in arizona uh three of them are here in tucson and at the northwest location uh in tucson i will be hosting a true crime trivia night on october 21st so i hope you can make it down for that and hope you enjoy the rest of the show thanks
1: be a partner with you and and so she he opens her up to the world and she she opens him up to himself and i think that's what allows both of them to ultimately become who they were supposed to be
0: absolutely and that's what i was not expecting in this film and that's why i was so pleasantly surprised by it but it does it's still at the end of the day this is a funny movie this is a comedy but it's a comedy that you don't see a lot of well we don't see enough comedies now anyway in my opinion um it seems like it's a Genre that's kind of sliding away to some degree Which is unfortunate because I love comedies But you, when you do see them It's um, almost like they push into genre things To some degree where it's just right. You have to push the envelope as far as possible To be as raw as possible and, and that has a place and I love that stuff Don't get me wrong but this is not that This is a warm movie in itself
1: yeah, I think that's right, and I, you know, and I think we have to tell the movies. You know, there was I read somewhere that somebody says you have to tell the movies that you would want to go see, and and you know, yeah. for me, I, I look, I, I'm with you. I love some of those movies that really push the envelope, and some of the movies that get really grotesque and broad and genre, or whatever. But like for me, what's in my heart, the, the center for me as a storyteller is these warm um, comedies. Again, like the ones I grew up in, grew up with that do have messages, but don't have to hit you over the head with them. And, um, and it's really more just like, Hey, that was fun. Like I got to spend two hours with these characters and that was fun. And now maybe let me think about this. Maybe I learned a couple things about some topics that I didn't know about, but I wasn't like, it wasn't like a, you know, it's not like a documentary, uh, you know, that's like, you have to know this stuff. You know what I mean? It's
0: yeah. Oh yeah. There's no yeah. soapbox in this. The, and yeah. This is a movie that absolutely has a message and you can tell that it has, there's, I wouldn't call it an agenda, but there is a point of view right from the start that you feel with just even something as the basic plot of this movie is that, you know, we've gotten rid of public transportation and we're replacing yeah. it with a person who does self-driving electric cars. You you can do the math on that yourself yeah. and kind of paint that in. And but it, it's one of those things where kind of like when network was made at the time it felt yeah. like satire and yeah. now you go back and you rewatch network and you know that, that that they got it that was it yeah. at the time it was incredibly broad but then when you That's actually right. look you kind of catch up with that movie and i feel like unfortunately this movie right now feels a lot broader than it probably will in five years from now
1: yeah and you know what's funny that you say that is that you know we shot this movie three years ago because of covid right so this is massive delay right and what was interesting is when we were making it, we set it in 2023. We were shooting it in 2020, so at the time it was, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna set it a little bit in the future. You know that self-driving cars weren't as prevalent when we were shooting. Yeah. We had to do a lot of research on what they would be. Now, you know, when it was finally coming out, the distributor was saying like, well, do you want to update the year? I'm like, I don't think so. I think now 2023 is the year. Yeah. You know, because now self-driving cars are everywhere. Now we know these tech guys now, you know, now these topics, you know, we had so, you know, there were George Floyd riots. There were so many things that brought this stuff to the forefront. Um, and, you know, Leslie talked about it at our um, premiere that, that we were ahead of the movie and now maybe the movie has caught up to us, you know.
0: And that's funny. I didn't know that. And yeah, I could imagine that when you, if you were screening this three years ago, that it would have had that slightly out of step, but the yeah. idiocracy effect where it's just, okay, this is, you know, prophetic to some degree, which is, yeah. uh, I, I love the movie, but I'm really sad that it works that well. I wish it didn't work as well as it does.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, so I, um I hear you. this is something that I, I know we're getting short on time here, but with making something, this is your first directorial, feature you're starring in this and you're writing it. Um any one of those would be enough. Any one of those hats to wear would you know drive somebody crazy the first time at bat. Um how did you handle it? How was that to take on that much responsibility?
1: You know, it's funny, I I think I had a lot of fear going into it that oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. And what I found, and I this in like a a weird way, but like I I found it to be incredibly peaceful. Mm. Um, you know, just getting to, uh, tell the story that I knew so well, that was in my bones, um, getting to act, which is something that I always had wanted to do. That's how I had started as that's, you know, that's what I was an actor first before anything. Um, and then, you know, getting to really work with these amazing people, you know, directing in some ways. Judd Apatow had said that, you know, directing of all the jobs might be the easiest one you do because you're surrounded by these great professionals that, you know, you can say, well, I really want it to feel like this. And they'll be like, oh, great. What about this, this, this? And you can be like, yeah. You know, whereas like on writing, you're sort of self-generating with actors, you know, but with directing, you really get to sort of be a composer with all of these incredible artists that are surrounding you. And, you know, I did feel, it just felt like I was in my, Zen, I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, um, which really gave me um, confidence that this is what I want to continue doing, because it felt it actually felt easier than even, I've done some of the other jobs. I mean, I've just produced movies. I've just, you know, I've yeah. just acted. It, it it felt easier doing all of them than it did than it has for me doing one of them. Um, and it just made me feel like like in the movie, it's sort of a lesson that Ethan learns when you're actually in your lane, um, then things I don't think Ethan could have ever predicted that when he decided to go, I'll ruin the movie, when he decided to go, you know, (laughs) with public car that it would have had the success that he never had with private car. Like, I don't think he could have ever anticipated that, but when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, I think the universe kind of rewards you for that. Or, you know, I certainly want to believe that.
0: Well, I think that there's something that happens internally that makes it feel that way that when you find a great deal of success or even minimal success and you're, following your heart, the reward is so much greater than even if you have 10 X, you know, reward in financial side, you know, if you're doing something that you fully believe in and that your your heart is behind it, it just feels better. So yeah, I I
1: totally agree. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. And uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, For me personally, I think that I would put this in that camp of a I'm glad you brought up Judd Apatow because it just kind of clicked to that thing where his movies are they can go very broad but they always have heart they always yeah. have you know characters are there and I think yours falls into that line also so thank you so special much special here it's, man so oh
1: I, I really I, really appreciate that I want
0: more so please get, get up to that again soon okay
1: thank you I really appreciate that awesome thanks thank Adam you. appreciate it man. See you. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Time enough to
0: figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope